Hello, and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Friday, September 30th, 2022. I'm Mike Cachopoli. Okay, sorry for the slightly late 15-minute start, but as I had warned everyone yesterday, I uh, went to see uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. Just got back a few minutes ago from seeing To Kill a Mockingbird, local production here at the Golden Gate Theater in, uh, in San Francisco uh, with Richard Thomas in the lead role as Atticus Finch. So maybe we'll talk about that a little more later, a couple of film reviews at the end of the show. But uh, I want to really start with um, a bunch of bills that were signed into law today by, by Gavin Newsom. And they, they went from bad to worse. Living here in, in California is truly like living in the, the twilight zone. It's like living in the twilight zone. Um, because what you're basically living in when you're living in California, and this is a state I've lived in now, I've lived in San Francisco here for the last decade, since 2012, you're living in a place that, with, that, that really conducts itself almost like a, a foreign planet. It really is. It's almost like a foreign planet somewhere in the, in the solar system where atmosphere is different, um, everything around you, everything around you, if you're a person that has any kind of morals or ethics or, or, or values, is like, is, is totally topsy-turvy. So it's, it's, it really is like living in its own universe. I mean, people have called for California to be its own state, but California should be its own universe because there's really no other, or I say California to be its own state, it's like California to be its own country, but it should be its own universe because there really is no place no place like California in this country. Even really the most liberal democratic places, states in this country are still not as whacked out lefty as California is. And what you have here is a governor in Gavin Newsom, who's a, a total brainless moron. Um, the man is, is, is a totally vapid, empty suit that is simply a vessel for the extreme wacko left. All he wants to do is appease the extreme wacko left who keeps on, they keep on putting him back into office because he appeases them. Now, it's because he appeases this extreme wacko left as to, as to why he could never become president. And he knows that. He understands that. He understands that constantly appealing to the absolute extreme lefty wacko nut jobs will get him as far as he wants to go in California. And this is as far as he can go in California. And that will be his legacy as the wacko lefty governor who ruined California, but never went anywhere further in his career than governor of California because he just can't because of his record, because the rest of the country is not out there in the twilight zone. The rest of the country is very grounded. And the rest of the country is, is simply physically turned off, emotionally, physically turned off by everything he does. And in a moment, we'll get into what he did earlier today. This was, this was extreme leftist, commie, wacko, bill signing day for Gavin Newsom. Um, and the first thing that he did today was he signed a bill, minors from other states, to receive medical gender transitions without parental consent. Let, let me say that again. Newsom signed the bill today that will allow minors 
from other states, other states, to receive medical gender transitions without parental consent. So a, a minor, what is a minor? I don't know, 11, 12, anything under 18, right, from another state, to come here, get a sex change operation without parental consent, and then do what? Then go back home as a different gender? Hey, mom and dad, look what I just brought back from California. A new gender. This is about as, as, as nutty, as nutty lefty wacko as you can get. As nutty lefty wacko as you can get. He signed a law bill, a piece of legislation that will designate the state. Now, this is what they're calling it also. They're calling it a sanctuary for children and teens seeking medicalized gender transitions. These are, these are kids whose brains aren't even formed yet. Okay. Um, I know someone who has children. Oh, it was Pete Hicks thinks he can be Superman. Yet Gavin Newsom wants kids like of that age that haven't don't even have their fully formed brains functioning. And I, I'm not joking. That is the medical truth. To be able to come and forget about forget about just like the intellect, but also the emotional state, the psychological state, not formed yet. Don't even know who they are or what they want to be in life, what profession, what occupation they want. To come here and be able to get a sex change operation without parental consent, something that could potentially destroy their lives, a mistake that can't be reversed, a mistake that can't be reversed. This isn't like a tattoo that you can get covered. Okay, this is the this is something you cannot ever reverse ever. And they call it sanctuary. Now, remember, this this bill, SB 107, comes nearly a month after the California's legislator passed Senate Scott Wiener's bill. Which was introduced in 2021. The bill allows families or individual minors who travel to the state for the purpose of these medical procedures to be safe from out of state authorities acting on subpoenas, warrants and child custody issues. If the minor was brought into the state for procedures like surgical gender reassignments or the prescribing of cross sex hormones. The bill would also prohibit enforcement agencies from making or intentionally imprisoning the arrest of an individual pursuant to an out-of-state arrest. Blah, blah, blah. So basically, if a child comes into the state by themselves, the bill states, a court of the state has temporary emergency jurisdiction. Once again, this is an emergency. It's an emergency that a 10-year-old needs to have their sex changed. They just feel they have to have their sex changed at 10, 12 years old. And this is an emergency. We know they love using the word emergency for anything, any, any wacky lefto narrative they want to push. They call it an emergency. It's an emergency. It's an emergency. And so not only is this a sanctuary state for illegals, not only is it a sanctuary state for terrorists, it's a sanctuary now for minors who want to come here, change their sex without their parents knowing about it. An 18-year-old can't even vote, right? An 18-year-old can't even cast a vote. Yet they can come here without parental consent at 10 years old, 11 years old, 12 years old, and get a sex change operation. This is how sick, this is how truly sick this man is. It really is. This is how truly sick this man is. Once again, this is, not, this is once again the... The liberals saying 
that they do not believe parents should have a say in what happens in their children's lives, that the government needs to intervene. And we'll talk about the next government intervention that, that, that Gavin Newsom. See, all they care about is big government. This is what they believe in. This is their psycho-commie political mindset. This is, this, is, this is what they believe society should be, which is big government controlling everything. The parents have no rights. The parents have no rights. The government can say, we're going to teach your 10-year-old about sex change. We're going to teach your 10-year-old that they're racist. We're going to tell your 10-year-old they're racist, they're white, and if they're black, they're not worth anything. We're going to teach your kindergartners about sex, gender, identity, transformations, and pronouns, and you have nothing to say about it. We, the government, says this is what's going to happen to your children. You don't have control. And this is just another extension of that. We, the government, are allowing your children to come here and get sex change operations without parental consent because we, the government, know what's, better for, what's best for you and your children. We, the government, know what's best for your children, not the parents. Once again, this is the stripping away of the parental rights. This is the stripping away of the parental unit. But Democrats never really gave a shit about parental unit. They never talk about single mother families. They never talk about all these black kids without fathers and how bad that is for them. They never talk about these things. They don't because they don't believe in parenting. They don't believe in parenthood. They don't believe in the family. They keep on doing this with their votes, with their bills. I want you to understand this. A minor who cannot drink, who cannot vote, who can't go into the army, who can't do anything, who can't go into a bar, can come to California and get a sex change, change their gender without their parents knowing it, something that can never be reversed. You do it at 12, it's there till you're dead. And we're seeing more and more now of, of kids coming out three, four, five years after they do this saying, I never would have done this now. Why? Because when you're older, you can think better. You see, this is just called like reality. But Democrats don't like reality. They don't like the reality of life. That as you get older, you can just think clearer about things. That when you're younger, you're going to do things impulsively. Well, like I said, getting a tattoo impulsively is one thing. Getting a sex change operation impulsively is another. And California is going to let them impulsively get that sex change operation, something they can never, ever reverse. So this is how sick this man is. He is a sick fucking individual. He truly is. His brain is just fucking full of goopy, disgusting hair gel. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of like Richard Gere and remember that movie American Gigolo? You know, a great movie. I don't want to disparage Richard Gere, but that's what, that's what Gavin Newsom reminds me of. But he's the governor of California. Okay. He's not a character in the movie. He's not a gigolo. Oh, he is a gigolo, but he's the, also the governor of California with power to do stuff like this in a state of 40 million people in the largest state in the country. It would be the fifth largest country, I believe, if it was a country of its own. This, is, this, 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 this man is put in this position of power over and over again by huge margins, three to one, four to one, because the people in this state are sick fucks. People in this state are sick fucks. There's no other way to put it. People say, oh, Mike, but there are good people. Yes, there are good people. I know a lot of them. But the majority are sick, liberal, commie fucks. They just are. And there's no changing it here. I don't, people say this sounds defeatist, but there really is no changing it here. You either live with it or you leave. And a lot of people are leaving. That's why people are leaving. You live with it or you leave. That's it. There's no changing it. See, that's, that's the problem a lot of people get into here is they think they can change this. It's too far gone. 
it's like a cancer that's too far gone. You you do your best until you, in, until death comes. That's what it comes down to. Sounds very very cynical, very you know Nietzschean, but it's true. You either deal with the wacky lefty commies in this state, or you leave. And more and more people are choosing the latter. And I applaud them. I applaud them. This state should lose another three or four electoral votes. That's what they deserve. And as they lose population, as they lose congressional district, we lose electoral vote, they lose power. That's the that's what has to be done. Uh, and and the exodus has been pretty extreme to lose a, a congressional district, an electoral vote, but it's got to be a mass exodus. It's got to be a mass exodus to punish the majority here, to punish the majority of lefty wackos who think these are good things, who think things are, these are right things, these are just things. These people don't live in reality, okay? They don't live in reality. They live in a fantasy world that they have created, okay? It's a fantasy world they have created that no one else in the country or the world agrees with this worldview, that we should allow children to come to the state. First of all, what does that mean? Are they leaving home? Are they running away? So what are we doing? We're encouraging children, minors to run away from home and come here and get their sex change and then what, go back home? What are they going to do at 10, 12, 13 after they've had their sex change? They can get a job. They can get their own apartment here for $5,000 fucking dollars a month. What are they going to do? They can go back home. Hey, mom and dad, look what I just got in California, the sex change operation. The Democrats do not live in the, in the real world. So someone might say to me, well, Mike, most people aren't even going to use this, right? Most people aren't going to do this. Gavin Newsom is just doing this to show how wacko lefty he is, appeasing the wacko lefties that are in the state that put him back into office every four years in huge numbers. And yes, that could be true. It doesn't make it any more right. It doesn't make it any more moral that he's a political whore. That doesn't make anything any more moral that this is, you know, very few, very small percentage of people will actually use this law. A very tiny, tiny, tiny percentage of minors will come here to get sex change operations. That is probably undoubtedly true. It doesn't make it any more moral or ethical that he does this simply to appease the extreme left. To have a lifetime job here, whatever position he might want here, he can get. Because he he appeals to these people. Now that's a bad bill. That's a really bad, disgusting, immoral, grotesque piece of legislation. But right on the heels of that, I don't know what came first. Like what came first, the chicken or the egg? What came first, the bill to allow ten-year-olds to come to California without parental consent to get their sex change, or the bill that tells your doctor if they don't use the state-sanctioned language? around COVID, that they're in big trouble. Jay Bhattacharya writes, Governor Gavin Newsom has signed Assembly Bill 2098, which will chill the free speech of licensed doctors in California. Uh, His signing document indicates he does not understand the clear implication of the text of the bill. California doctors now serve public health more than patients. So what this is really is you can't agree with the experts in the experts trademark law in California. So the question is, doctors can be punished if they don't follow a certain script or if they're what they're perceived as giving patients is medical disinformation. Now, who decides that? What Orwellian dystopian board or person 
Is it the hair gel king himself who decides this? Or is it an Orwellian dystopian board that decides if a doctor is not giving his patient, his or her patient, the right information around COVID? Now, once again, people say, Mike, this, this law is real, rarely, if ever, rarely, if ever, really going to be used. How can they prove it? You know, who's going to complain? Once again, you're probably right. Doesn't make it any more moral. Doesn't make it any more ethical. Doesn't make it any less Orwellian or dystopian that it probably will never be used. Because once again, Gavin Newsom is just appeasing the woke left, anti-free speech, anti-constitution voters in his state. The left, the Democrats have never liked the constitution. They prove it over and over again. People say, oh, Mike, that's not true. No, they don't. They don't like the constitution. They don't like freedom of speech. They want to control speech. They've proven that with their social media allies. They want their speech, their narrative. And once again, Gavin Newsom is proving it with this bill. If the doctors don't say what the leftist, commie, extreme left moron Democrats in California say is the truth about something, they can get in trouble. They can lose their license. They can be fined. They can go to jail. Once again, who decides? Who decides? Now, this comes from the same party. The same party of oh, the government should not get between a woman and their doctor. A government should not get between the woman and their doctor. But here the government can get between their doctor and their patients when it comes to COVID-19. You see what hypocrites the left are? Do you see what scum they are? How their, their, their existence is all double standards. If it fits their narrative, it's okay. If it fits their narrative, it's legal and just. If it doesn't, it's unjust and illegal and shouldn't be allowed. This is authoritarian at its worst. This is fascism of the Nazi type to the nth degree. Yes, I'm going to bring up Nazism. I'm going to bring up Hitler. I'm going to bring up the Holocaust. If you don't like it, too fucking bad, because that's what it is. You don't want to be you don't want to be connected to Hitler. You don't want to be compared to Nazis. Then don't be a fucking Nazi. Don't be a fucking fascist. Don't do things like this. Oh, no, the government should never get between a doctor and a woman. The decision with pregnancy should be between a doctor, a woman, and her family. And then at the other fucking hole, they say, oh, no, no, no. The government decides what a doctor can say to their patient about COVID, the advice they can give their doctor, their patient when it comes to COVID. The government can step in and say, you can't say that, doctor. You can't say that, doctor. These people are such hypocrites. This is why they must be destroyed. In five weeks, they must be annihilated. This is why. There's no excuse for this shit. You cannot defend it. You cannot defend the hypocrisy. You can't. Once again, California doctors, as Dr. Jay Bhattacharya, one of the, one of the doctors who was right about COVID from day one, who was silenced because he was right when Fauci and Biden's advisors were fucking wrong for two and a half years and destroyed society for two and a half years with their bad advice. Dr. Jay Bhattacharya says, California doctors now serve public health more than patients, meaning they serve big government. They serve a big government agency, not the patients. How much damage could Gavin Newsom do in one fucking day, in 24 hours? How much? And this is after, 
you know, the really sick psycho thing about this is this is after the last two and a half years, and we know that Gavin Newsom was wrong. We know that Public Health California was wrong. We know the CDC was wrong. We know Fauci was wrong. It's been proven over and over and over again. And yet now this bill is signed after two and a half years of being wrong, saying those doctors that were right can't be right. You know, it would be bad enough if after two and a half years, the Democrats and Fauci and Biden were proven right. The CDC was proven right. But they've been wrong about anything. And they still do this shit. Two and a half years of being wrong. Things that were said by people like me two years ago that were called, oh, conspiracy theories, and we've been proven right. And yet they still do this. Instead of walking away with their tails between their legs, they double and triple and quadruple down because they're playing to their stupid voter base. They're playing to their ignorant, wacko, extreme left voter base. Yes, these bills will probably have very little effect on society. They're not going to be droves of of 10-year-olds coming here to get sex change the way there are millions of illegals coming into this country. It's not going to be the same thing. Yes, yes, I doubt any doctor will be prosecuted or even punished or even get a slap on the wrist for supposedly saying misinformation, whatever that means. And And because that means nothing, because that cannot be decided by one person or a panel, because there isn't a one person or a panel who can decide what's real information is real not, because this is obviously a First Amendment violation and will be shot down the courts, just like everything Newsom does is shot down the courts. Everything he did around COVID, if it was brought to the courts, was shot down because it's all illegal. It's all unconstitutional because he hates the fucking Constitution. All liberals hate the fucking Constitution, and they will defy it, and they will break it until they're brought to court and slapped in the fucking face. And with this, Newsom will be slapped in the face. Doesn't make it right anyway. Daniel, I'll get to you in one second. There's one more thought about Newsom. There was one more thing that was done, which was utterly stupid. Oh, yes. Newsom comes out and does the typical Democrat thing of blaming other people for their own failures. We see this all the time. We've seen it during COVID. You know, only 99% of the people wearing masks, the 1% didn't wear their mask. That's why COVID's still around. Oh, only 97.2% of the people got the vaccine. If the other 2.3 people, we have to blame them. It's a vaccine of the unvaccinated. It's the, un, it's, it's the, it's the, it's the, it's the, um, it's a disease of the unvaccinated. It's the disease of the seven people in California who are unvaccinated. They've caused the disease to continue on. The seven people in California, the two and a half people in San Francisco who weren't vaccinated have caused COVID to continue. They're always blaming the people. No matter how, it doesn't make any sense. There's no math behind it. There's no facts behind it. There's no evidence behind it. There's no science behind it. But they never want to blame themselves. They never want to say they failed. They never want to say their policy was wrongheaded. It's always blame the people. And he did it again with uh, the uh, with the uh, health. I'm sorry, the the um, heat wave. He did it again with the heat wave. Oh, you have to put your thermostat that up to 78. And if you don't put that up 78, you're not you're not helping the greater good. And if you don't put your thermostat up, and there are blackouts, it's your fault, not my fault that I've fucking destroyed the electrical grid in California with my Green New Deal garbage, with my extreme lefty Green New Deal bullshit. Not that I've destroyed the electric grid here. No, it's not my fault. It's not the Democrats' fault. It's your fault for putting your thermostat at 77 and not 78. And now he's doing it again with, with the gas prices, blaming it on the gas companies instead of his own policies. 
Instead of the Democrats' own policies of not drilling for oil here, of not tapping into the oil reserves here. And therefore, we are dependent on terrorists. We're dependent on terrorists and commie countries, our enemies, for oil and gas and Russia and China. Once again, the Democrats don't blame themselves for their policies. They blame the people. They blame the people. They blame corporations. They blame energy companies. They blame oil and gas companies. Instead of blaming himself. It's constant. It's constant with Newsom. It's constant with Democrats. And today, he really proved, he really proved what a low-life scumbag he is today. Okay? Today, he really, really proved what a hypocrite, authoritarian commie he is. And now he wants to appeal to the extreme, extreme left. The whack-out left is who he wants to appeal to. Forget about appealing to, as the Democrats like to say, well, we can appeal to the center. Like Biden said, no, no, I'm a centrist. I'm going to appeal to the center. I'm going to appeal to the moderates. There's nothing moderate about saying every illegal alien can come here. It's sanctuary for every illegal alien under the sun. Doesn't matter if they're a terrorist. Doesn't matter if they have diseases. We don't know what they, have. We don't know what they got. We don't know who they are. Let them all in. That's, that's, that's moderate. Oh, no, 12-year-olds can come here without parental consent and sex, change their sex and go home with a, a different sex. That's very moderate, extremely moderate. The government telling your doctor what they can and cannot tell a patient, that's moderate. That's really playing to the center. Are these people fucking kidding me? Daniel, are they fucking kidding me? Um, they're fucking kidding all of us. This is gaslighting on a humongous, gigantic... Um, never before seen scale worldwide. And um, it happened with COVID. It's happening with tra this transgender bullshit. Um, I think these the transgender I I issue, for example, or I shouldn't even call it issue, gaslighting, um, is just a testbed for uh, um, big tech to see how much it can manipulate human beings. Um, we are presently, when you manipulate language, you distort reality. And I can see it in, in the very language that you're using, Mike. Um, you, you, you use words like transgender and people changing their sex. Nobody in the history of the world has ever changed their sex. Nobody in the history of the world has ever changed their gender. But people are using these words as though these things have happened and, in fact, are possible. They simply are not. Nobody has ever changed their gender. Nobody has ever changed their sex. Mutilating your urogenital system does not change one's gender, does not change one's sex. And there is, it, up until the last three or four or five years, no one even ever entertained the idea of gender being anything different than sex. Gender was reserved for, for specifying uh, basically age a, 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 a um, nexus between age and uh, and sex. So you could be female or you can be male and you can be a child or an adult, in which case you were a girl or a woman. Those are your genders. Or you're a boy or a man. N never never before in the, it, it has there been a disconnect between the uh, these words gender and what they define and sex and what they define. There has never, I'll say it once again, just to be clear, Please stop using this language because it's incorrect. Nobody has ever changed their gender. Nobody has ever changed their sex. Mutilating one's body is not changing gender and is not changing sex. 
you are now a mutilated person. You are not a woman when you started out as a man. You are not a man when you started out as a woman in life just because you mutilated your body. Please stop using this language. Well, you're right. I can't say you're not right. You're all right. Technically, scientifically, you are 100% right. You can't change your sex. You can just simply mutilate your body. You're right. Absolutely. And, 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 and psychologically, you'll believe you change your sex. And that's, look, we know that the gender identity issues are psychological issues, right? So basically, what you're doing is you're, you're, you're satisfying your, psycho, your, your, your psychological issue, which is that, okay, I've changed my sex, right? <laughs> you're just basically mind over matter. You're believing it. So when you believe it, it, it is, right? We see that. We see that with, that's the, that's the way human beings work. When they believe it's true, it's true, right? Whether it's true or not, doesn't matter. They just believe it. They feel it psychologically. There's that little twitch that goes off and they, they need to do this and they do it and it satisfies them psychologically. So yeah, yeah but you're right. You're, medically, you're right. You can't actually change your sex. You're right. Yeah, it, it's, it's using the term medically, I'm right. No, I'm, I'm, I'm right from, from a, from the standpoint of, of reality, um, the, from the, right from the standpoint of basic facts, um, this, this medical has nothing to do with it. Um, and, and we simply have to stop using this language that, um, that uh, big tech, through, through this massive gaslighting of, of, of human beings, is, is forcing upon us in this bizarre testbed of manipulation of human beings. This this, this is this is insane, and it's going to ruin so many children's lives. Um, I have a son and a daughter. Um, my daughter, until she was five years old, insisted that she be called Ariel, and um, she was Ariel the mermaid. And she insisted that nobody call her by her given name, and she was going to be Ariel. <laughs> and um, she thought she was a mermaid. If anybody would have consulted my daughter at five years old and asked if she wanted to have her legs sewn together and put a fin on her, she probably would have said yes. For right. God's sakes. And Gavin do you think there's any difference? Gavin Newsom this... making it legal for her to come to California and do it. Have make have those kids come in. Look, like 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 uh, Pete Hegseth said on Fox, his son still thinks he can be Superman. He believes he can be literally believes it. Yeah. He can be he, Superman. There, there's a lot of there's a lot of people with the word there is you know the the world of psychiatry is 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 something that that not, not a lot of people outside psychiatry outside of psychiatry um know know a lot about um you know I I, I in medical school I had you know brief, brief introduction to, to psychiatry through my rotations through the psychiatry departments etc and it's just amazing what you see it's like one of the biggest eye openers to, to, to me about humanity and what and the and the variations in human beings and, and stuff that I just had no idea was going on in people's minds. Um, it, 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 was, it was such a huge gigantic eye opener and to, to learn about and see people with body integrity disorder, which is a disorder where people um, they they want to have limbs. Uh, it could be hands, arms, legs, um, sometimes appendages in general, any part of their body in general. They want to have them removed, amputated, removed. It can even be their eyes. 
this disorder is just, it's, it's just bizarre. And there's so many bizarre disorders like this in human beings. It's, it's really, really freaking amazing and eye-opening. And, and so we have, we have people that think that they, and, and the very interesting thing about this body integrity disorder is this phrase that they all use. It's just ubiquitous among people that are inflicted with this disease. They want these things to, they want to have these parts of their bodies removed to, quote, feel complete, unquote. That phrase is a phrase that is used throughout the trans, so-called transgender world, the body mutil, the, the urogenital mutilation world, let's call it what it is. That phrase is used throughout them. I have no doubt that what these people are suffering from is body integrity disorder. And what are they, and what are people like Newsom and the people that support this insanity doing? They are, in their own words, affirming it. They are affirming these people's disorders. It would be like saying to somebody that wants their eyes removed or their left leg chopped off, if that'll make you feel better, let's do it for you. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. But the fact of the matter comes down to with something as extreme as this, with something that's so life altering as this. And we, like I said, we, we've seen more and more recently. Of course, mostly left wing media won't cover these stories, but I've seen them on other networks. Are, are, are young people who regret doing this and then they can't reverse it. So they regret, they regret doing something that they did when they were before they were 18, when they were a minor. Then as they get older and as they their brain develops and their psyche develops and everything else develops, their body develops, they realize they've made a mistake and they can't go back. So what Newsom's doing, he's allowing those children to torture themselves for life. Exactly. Just, yeah. just, I mean, think of, think, think about where if you're eight years old, um, you might a kid that 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 was had this body integrity disorder and thought that that you know a boy that you know thought he would feel better as a girl and feel complete. Um, they might be able to to be convincing at eight or nine years old, uh, uh, grow grow some long hair, put on a dress. They might be able to convince, be convincing to even their peers at that age. But as they hit thirteen, hit puberty, yeah, that convincing is going to wear off. By the time they're 20, they're not convincing any of their peers. They've alienated themselves from both males and females. They no longer have a place in this world. And any despair that they felt before that because of their sex is going to be dwarfed by their absence of a peer group. No peer group whatsoever, not even at the level of something as basic as their biology. Will they have a peer group? And they will be committing suicides at, 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 at whatever the rate is presently in, in body mutilating, uh, uh, urogenital mutilation uh, suffering people. That, that rate of a suicide is going to be magnified by at least a factor of 10. Because these people are going to get into their mid-20s and they will have nothing, nothing in common with the experiences of anyone in their peer groups. Nothing. Yeah, and now also, what do you think of the uh, the uh, Newsom bill he signed, where your doctor can be uh, can be disbarred, can be prosecuted, can be fined, can be beaten up for dare saying something about COVID, giving their, their giving their learned their knowledgeable opinion about COVID that the government feels is uh, out of line in information. What do you think about that one? 
Yeah, what do you think, I think, about that? I mean, fuck. <laughs> they want a clown show where they're going to fucking get one. And you're absolutely correct in that it's going to be overturned. It is absolutely 100% unconstitutional. And it's just like with the student loan shit. It's unconstitutional. It's going to be overturned at some point. If, if, it, if there's two possible things that are probably going to happen with, 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 that could happen with the student loan thing, that there's going to be challenges that are going to be put up. And, and then in order to head off those challenges, they will the the, uh, the administration will start to whittle down who is who can apply for for these uh, this uh, debt relief uh, student debt relief and and then there'll be another challenge and then rather take than taking that challenge on in court they will whittle it down further and further and further and all these challenges that will appear and then get headed off by just eliminating people as being possible recipients pretty soon there'll be nobody left. And there'll be nobody that's going to get this uh, debt relief, this student debt relief, because they will have whittled it down on their own before it even gets to the courts. Um, that's one possibility. The other possibility is that it does make it to the courts and that the Supreme Court, as it most certainly would, would just say, fuck this shit. I would, now, I would also think that even this, uh, this, this gender reassignment thing could be, uh, uh, could be uh, 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 batted down in court. Because from what I understand, isn't it true that basically if you're a minor, you do your parents basically do own you, do own your body in these decisions that a minor is not allowed to make these this, these decisions without parental consent? So I'm thinking that could also be shot down in the courts. Yes, of course. And it, and it will be. And it will be. There's, there's, there's no doubt about it. And, and, you know, this is there's a lot of conservatives. I mean, like, like I said, I'm a liberal. I'm still liberal. The, the, the Democrats are illiberals. They, they have nothing in common with me anymore. Um, and I have more in common with conservatives, people that I found really, really difficult, a lot of difficulty in finding commonality with them previous to, to COVID. I find great commonality with them, them now. And one of the things that conservatives have, have always warned about, or I shouldn't say always, at least since the 80s, have, have warned about is that liberals seem to be, and I should say Democrats at this time, once again, because they're not liberals, that uh, Democrats seem to want to destroy the family. Yes. And why is that? They don't believe in the family. Yeah. And why is that? Why do they want to destroy the family? Because the family is one of the most basic elements that there is that holds our, our societies together at the community level and the national level in, in the particular structure that it is held in. And they don't like that structure. They well, want to... They, you know, we, we like to get, and I do this all the time, not, I'm not just blaming you. I say, well, the Democrats don't believe in the Constitution. They don't believe in the family. But what it really comes down to is what Bill Maher, Democrat, who's as long as a Democrat as you and I, even longer, said. They don't believe in common sense anymore. When you look at, let's look at common sense stuff. Common sense should say that a parent should have consent, that a, a child should have to have parental consent until they're 18 to do something like sex change and all that. It is, gender it is okay. baked into our right. DNA. Common sense would say your doctor, your knowledgeable doctor, with that certificate on the wall, should be able to give you their personal opinion as a doctor over anything. COVID, diabetes, whatever it may be. That's, that's common sense. It should be between you and your doctor. Common sense would say that when you start fucking around with the electrical grid because of these Green New Deals and because you want to appeal to the most extreme left out there, 
that you're probably going to have uh, problems with uh, power grids when things happen like uh, black, uh, you know, heat waves and and um, and uh, what do you call it? Uh, fires and stuff like that. That, yes, this is all common sense stuff. You would believe this is all common sense stuff, right? Common sense tells you then the gas prices are going to go up from that. And, and then the inflation is going to increase. Once again, but Democrats are not the party of common sense anymore. Common sense doesn't matter. Just a narrative that appeals to the most left part of their base. That's all they care about. And of course, we know the extreme extremes, usually on both sides, do not have any common sense. They don't use common sense because they're so extreme in their radical beliefs that common sense doesn't matter anymore. But the problem is now with the left, with the Democrats, they are making that stuff that appeals only to the radical extreme left, no common sense nutballs, law, the law of the land. It was different when they just had a voice and they yelled and they screamed, fine. But now that it's all being made into law by people like Gavin Newsom who appeal. I don't believe Gavin Newsom at all is an extreme leftist. I don't. In fact, I believe he's a very moderate, probably centrist guy, but he wants to appeal to the extreme leftos that keep him in power, that make him popular, that make him famous, that make him wealthy, that keep him in power. That is what he cares about. Right. That's it. Yeah. Um, this goes far beyond uh, and far deeper than anything that one could call common sense. It is literally baked into our DNA as a parent. It is baked into our DNA that these children are our children. They are our duty. They are our responsibility. They are our children to shape. That is baked into our DNA as parents. For a country, there are any laws to not recognize that which is baked into our DNA, those laws are doomed to fail. Whether they are, whether they are constitutional or not, if they, if they deny that which is baked into our DNA, they will fail. And this will fail. Well, and these laws are bad. These things are bad for humanity. They're bad for California. They're bad for when you're talking about being ethical or moral person. But what they are good for, as I said at the beginning of this show, they are good for when he tries to run for president, if he ever does, because he'll never get past California with these kinds of uh, you know, laws in his that he signed in his background that can be brought up by someone like Ron DeSantis or Donald Trump or anyone else who happens to be the Republican nominee in the future, whether it's 2024 or 2028 or beyond. Doing stuff like this kills any chance he has ever of becoming president of the United States. So that in that in that regard, they're good. I'm glad he's doing them. Yeah. If, if you can disrupt the family, you can disrupt our society. And if you can disrupt society, you control individuals. This is the same reason I'm not, I'm not a theist. I haven't been a theist ever in my entire life, but there are a lot of really good things about the church. And, and, and one of the great things about the church is that it's, and, and to which I don't belong to, I mean, I don't belong to any church, um, but there are some very fundamental things that are good about religion and especially religions that, that, that form communities and churches. And one of those things is that the church stands as an opposing force to government, a collective opposing force to government. Therefore, it has power and strength. It serves as a check on our government. If you eliminate family, 
the, and it's, 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 it's a stone's throw away from that to eliminate religion. And if you eliminate, eliminate religion and the church, put aside, you know, the, the, the issue of theism and whether gods exist and whether it's total nonsense or not, this structure of churches is very helpful to our society. It is very beneficial because it stands as a check on government. That cooperation, those communities built around churches, that power structure because of a, a, a union of human beings coming together in some common purposes, in some common purpose or purposes, that is, an, that is a formidable force for the, that can oppose the government. And if they can disrupt the family, they can disrupt the church. And if they disrupt the church, they are they can do anything they want to the individual. Yes, absolutely. There's no, there's no, not, I, once again, you're not. I, I'm not a religious person. I know you're not a religious person. Yeah, I know. <clears throat> but there is absolutely, absolutely. I, I think I think someone like Gavin Newsom took great glee in shutting churches down during COVID. I think he felt that was one of his more, finer accomplishments, and of course, that was totally shot down by the courts as being un constitutional. So what we see, and I've said this before, is we see whenever Democrats can defy the Constitution or attempt to defy the Constitution or defy it as long as they can, and you're allowed to, you can do it as long as you can until the courts, until someone takes the court and the court, you know, bitch slaps you like they've done to Gavin Newsom time and time again, like they've done to Joe Biden time and time again over the last two years, they will defy the Constitution because they don't believe in its principles. Look, if you believe in the principles of the Constitution, freedom of religion, freedom of press, freedom of speech, uh, all these things, for, you know, freedom, freedom of, of, of medical privacy, everything that comes along with that, the First Amendment, if you believe in all that stuff, you don't try to defy it. You uphold it. The Republicans did or tried to for the last couple of years. But the Democrats don't believe in these things. They don't believe in the Second Amendment. They don't believe it. They don't have a gun. They truly don't. They take your guns away in a second. Beto O'Rourke has said that. They'll take it away in a second if they could. They can't. But believe me, if they could, they absolutely would. So they don't believe in the Second Amendment. They don't think it should be there. They think it's arcane. It doesn't belong there. They don't believe in it. And they believe. And what we've seen over the last two and a half years, they believe the First Amendment is arcane. They don't. That doesn't belong because they believe in social media canceling people and censoring people and eliminating people who don't have that left wing point of view. So they don't believe in the First Amendment either. I mean, they don't believe in the the, the first oh, two amendments, and you go believe, down the line. They'll believe in in the First Amendment mighty fast when if the shoe were to be on the other foot, if if the um, if Silicon Valley uh, was was largely uh, Republican, they would believe in First Amendment in a split second. Well, but they do believe in the First Amendment when it comes to their narrative. You see, they are not the ones. Of course. Who on social. What I'm saying is that's not, as you and I know, that's not believing in the First Amendment. If you believe in the of First course Amendment, it isn't. Speech, you believe in free speech for anybody, whether they're on your side or not. Yes. <laughs> when we were when we were kids, what did we what did we hear? What was this one wonderful thing that we always heard about um, our our Bill of Rights, and in particular the First Amendment, and that was. That was. You may disagree with, with with speech, but everybody has the right to say what they think, and that's a powerful thing. And that every one of us was taught to defend that, whether you agree with people or not, to defend in principle and in behavior and under the and under the law. But that everyone should have the right to say exactly what they think. 
Yeah. Everyone, everyone, when we were kids, as far as I could tell, everyone upheld those principles. Now you got this bullshit about hate speech, which has just become this bludgeon to 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 um, prevent people from speaking. Right. And, right. And, and, yeah. and and yeah, and it's it's just it's so antithetical to what to not not just to what we were taught, but so antithetical to the stability of a society. Once you start using speech to bludgeon people does not speak you have gone off the deep end right and that's and that's what they say and a hate speech basically for the left is anything they don't agree with and they'll call it hate speech and they'll want you and they'll want you censored and canceled for it it's hate hate they hate everything that they don't agree with that that's all hate speech and they will change what they will change what they consider hate speech from from one day to the next, from one year to the next. Um, who 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 ever talked about uh, this uh, this uh, urogenital mutilation? Is all, I'm going to keep calling that that keep calling it that uh, um, um, problem uh, b- before uh, three or four years ago. Nobody, nobody. What? It's and a totally idea, idea. made up. A totally. They talk about gender as being some sort of socially constructed phenomenon no this 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 topic is a constructed phenomenon <laughs> you could, this is this the fact that we're talking about this at all shows how fucked up we have become because of our our, our communication systems in this country principally the internet and what it has done to the very way that we interact with each other as human beings, what it has done to our language, what it has done to our perception of reality. Well, and the idea of hate speech, when you say it's the same thing with the left, when they say hate speech is also the thing with, with this with this misinformation, you know, doctors, COVID misinformation. Who decides what is hate speech? Who decides what is medical misinformation? Well, you know who they want to decide? They do. The left wants themselves to decide. Until they're not in power. Until they're not in power, and then they'll be screaming for free speech. Well, they need to be punished and be taken out of power. And of course, they, of course they do. Whatever the consequences they, have, they get from that are their own problems. I don't give a shit. Of course they need to be taken out of power. And why do they need to be taken out of power? Because they abuse the principle of free speech. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the cure to speech is more speech. What they what they are telling us is this cure to, the cure to speech, the cure to bad speech, is for them to decide what bad speech is and then to punish punish everyone for speaking. Right. That's not the way our country is supposed to work. That is not the way the First Amendment works. And and when these issues get to the Supreme Court, I am totally confident that the Supreme Court is going to bitch slap these little shits. <laughs> Thank you. I think. Yeah. And and you know they hate they hate speech because. You know, if you have a um, if you have a uh, retort, if you have intellectual capacity to have a retort uh, to someone's opinion or point of view, you want speech. You love speech. It's fun, actually. But the problem with the left is they have no intellectual capacity. They cannot thrust and pat. They cannot debate. They don't want to because often they can't defend their point of view. They can't defend their narrative. So since they can't do that, they just want any kind of uh, any kind of speech that it goes against their narrative banned. They don't want yeah. to deal. They don't have to deal with the intellectual, uh, you know, the intellectual pain and process of having to defend their point of view. 
and they will use any power structures they structure they can manipulate in order to manipulate that in order to manipulate that speech. Right now, you have across the country in human resources departments in large companies everywhere, you have people writing policies saying that you have to use people's preferred pronouns. This is a direct violation of the freedom of speech. You cannot. It doesn't matter if it's a company or not. You cannot reach into people's minds and force them to say things that they do not want to say. And there's already been court cases. There was a, a, a worker that worked for, I can't remember which university, and easily when, when, when the, court, the case was presented, um, and, and it was one basically on the grounds of, you know, think whatever you want. You can't force other human beings to speak in some particular way. You simply cannot do that. It doesn't matter if it's a private company. It doesn't matter if it's a university. You are not allowed to force people to say something they don't want to say. And it doesn't matter if it's on religious grounds or right. anything else. You can't right. do that. Right. Well, you know, I didn't mean to talk about Newsom today, but everything, you know, these three things that happened today and these two horrible bills, I had to talk about Gavin Newsom. And I'll talk about Gavin Newsom more next week. I know, I know Daniel, you're not a big sports fan. Sports I know ball. That. We what? love sports ball. We love sports ball around here. Yeah, sports ball. But do you think I'm just going to put it to you? I mean, once again, you're a common sense guy. You believe in common sense. So if I take a steroid, right? If I take something that helps me get more powerful, get stronger, get bigger muscles, maybe go from 170 lean pounds to 230 pure muscle pounds, and I'm I'm able to hit a ball a lot further, a lot. I'm able to hit more. I'm, I'm putting this in the most simplistic kind of anti sports way I can for you and, you know, hit a ball further and hit more balls further. And I set a record because these steroids have helped me. I'm a talented person. I could probably do pretty well without them, but they helped me do maybe 20, 30% better than I would have done without them. So don't, should the records I set be considered real records or should the person who doesn't do those drugs to the, who, who plays it, who plays the sport in a clean way, in a fair way, and does not cheat by taking drugs, shouldn't the records they set be the ones that really count? Of course they are, because, the, because they're the ones that are following the rules by which the records are set. And if you're not following the rules by which the rest of your sets are set, you shouldn't get the record. Slam dump, case, done. Once again, but I guess this common sense doesn't apply to some people, and why doesn't the common sense apply to some people? Because it's the same narrative, whether we're talking sports or politics, the person's personal narrative is all that matters. So if they believe that the sports figure they follow or the sports team they follow with which this, who these sports figures played for hit all those home runs and have the record, they believe that should be the record. It doesn't matter what common sense says. It doesn't matter what science says. It doesn't matter what evidence says. That the person they root for and the person they believe hold the record, um, you know, once again, it's just their narrative, their point of view. That's the person they cheered for. That's the team they cheered for. So yeah. they believe that those people, no matter what they did, no matter how they did it, deserve the record. And yeah. I, think, you know, I, think that's, I think that's the problem out of this is like and what I'm talking about, basically, obviously, is Aaron Judge is at 61 home runs. He's got, I believe, six more games to hit 62 and break the all-time American League record. But, of course, the major league records are what? McGuire and, and Bond to hit, what, 73, 74, 75 home runs, which nobody did in the history of baseball before them, before the steroid era, and no one has been able to do since them in the post-steroid era. So, obviously, if we're looking, if you, you know, you're a scientist, if we're looking at science and logic, it would tell you that the steroids 
help them hit that extra maybe 15, 20% home runs. Obviously, it was the steroids that did it. So the, the, the argument obviously is that they hit the home runs. Major League Baseball counted the home runs. And and those and those those numbers should stand as the as the record when people like myself believe that Aaron Judge and other people in this current era and before the steroids era who did it in a very in a clean way without any medical assistance those are the records that should be counted as the records you know and I think once again I think I'm using common sense and and logic but once again as we've seen with Many issues that we talk about in the show, common sense and logic doesn't seem to matter to many people. It's only emotion. Emo- right, it's emotion. It's emotion that matters. It's emotion. Well, yeah, and, and, and we find ourselves infrequently, and you just mentioned it, um, personal narrative. Um, I have to point out that, that until recently, nobody talked about personal narrative because you didn't you, – you had a personal narrative, but you had a much larger narrative that was – your family narrative and your community narrative and your country narrative now because and this has much, a lot to do with um the, the the communication systems that have been talking about and, and because because people are now living a, a large part of their lives on the internet a a a a, a cyber world in which you can have your own personal narrative. Now, when that personal narrative that you construct online or believe is constructed online meets the real world, you have big problems. And we're, and, and we're seeing this with, with this issue of so-called transgenderism. Uh, these people are going to be without a peer group. These people that get convinced into the thinking that they can change their gender, change their sex, are going to be peerless when they're in their 20s and 30s and they're going to be depressed as hell. This idea of personal narrative is simply something that never existed for humanity before. We had, you know, we had small personal narratives. We have some idea about how we fit into our families and how we fit into our communities and how we fit into our tribes and our societies, etc. But it was always this, this, our identities were always a negotiated identity, negotiated with their family, negotiated with their tribes, negotiated with their country. Now people just think, seem to think that they can pick in their own identities and that, that that's somehow a, a good thing. No, it's a totally delusional thing. Nobody picks their own identity. Your identity, no matter what you think, is going to be negotiated with right. other human beings on on multiple different scales. And if you think that it is possible for you to choose your own identity in this world, once again, using the term bit slap, reality is going to bit slap the shit out of you when you're in your 20s. Right. Right. And, and, and you know, I think this this gender, right now it's a hot topic, right? It's the, the, the topic of the du jour, you know, sex change and Another topic du jour is this COVID thing with medical information and disinformation. This stuff, obviously, when you're talking about, you know, gender identity and, and, and COVID stuff, it's all going to kind of, I think it's all going all gonna to fade away. But what's going to be left is, once again, the left in this country, the Democrats in this country, just simply believing and pushing their narrative on any issue, whatever issue might come down the pike in the future, you know, and it'll be any evidence or science or facts around that issue won't matter 
It's simply their narrative that matters. This is a very, this is the, you, once again, COVID will go away. I think, I think this, this, you know, this obsession with pronouns and, and gender and sex change, that will probably fade away. But what will not fade away is this idea that narrative matters over facts, that narrative matters over common sense. That is the more insidious, dangerous um, element to the left right now. Exactly. And And, and I've been saying it over and over again. Social contagion is going to be declared our number one health threat and a national security threat soon enough. And this this has to do with this this whole idea of of, uh, personal narrative. Um, you know, but by the way, um, I think I, I'm not sure if I mentioned this to you before, but um, about, I don't know, I think it was eight years ago, I mentioned to a, um, a previous girlfriend whose son was um, a, a budding author, a pretty good budding author. And I said, you know, I got an idea for, for a story. And I, I, I called it, I said, you could call it, give it a title of something like Story Wars as, as maybe a, as a, a um, you know, a tentative title. And, and and the idea is that um, 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 through through um, we basically establish algorithms that would create stories, and then these algorithms, the the, the stories would fight for each other for dominance in, in in this cyber world, and then it would spill out into test beds into the real world and have these narratives tested for their effectiveness in controlling people. And, and and I remember at the time she said, ah, that's not very good. I'm not going to even uh, talk to my son about it. And she was just poo-pooing the whole way. To, Fuck, we're living the thing right now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> exactly. We are living the thing right now. That's very true. That's, ver- that's, that's, that's very true. Daniel, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> All right. You too. Um, so we've been going about over an hour on Gavin Newsom, on Gruesome Newsom. On the, the the hair gel king. By the way, my hair gel king thing is catching on. I noticed many people are starting to to uh, to call him the hair gel king, and that's what he is. We need to, you know, I, he makes me incredibly angry. I think he's an incredibly dangerous, sick guy, um, but uh, intellectually dishonest person. But I think we need to really mock him. You know, we need to mock him and realize, thankfully, that all he does here in California just ensures the fact he'll never become president. Of the United States. <clears throat> now, I want to take a few minutes at the end of the show to do a couple of uh, film reviews, talk about a few things. Um, first of all, I saw, uh, and I recommend it, it's only in San Francisco, I believe, another week, October 8th, uh, To Kill a Mockingbird with, with Henry uh, Richard Thomas. I always get them mixed up. Richard Thomas, John Boy from Walton's, um, in the lead role, Atticus Finch, that was played by Gregory Peck in the film. Really interesting. Mary Badham, who played the young girl in the film, the 10 year old girl in the film, his daughter is in this and she's 70 years old now and she's playing uh, an older racist woman. It's an interesting touch. And Mary Badham is also the the younger sister of director John Badham of, you know, Saturday Night Fever um, and War Games fame. So it's an interesting touch that they put the 10 year old girl who was the lead in the film and Mary, when she was 10, got nominated for Best Supporting Actress. At the time, she was actually the youngest person ever be nominated for an Oscar. And I believe uh, Tatum O'Neill would uh, be a year younger, I think, when she won it. But anyway, uh, she's in it now as an elderly uh, elderly woman, 60 years later on in her in her career. Very, very cool touch by uh, Aaron Sorkin, who wrote this. I know I mentioned Aaron Sorkin. People think extreme lefty, you know, uh, uh, 
the, the, the West Wing and uh, and uh, what, what was this, the President Bartlett. And uh, by the way, wasn't President Bartlett basically like the left's vision of what they wanted Bill Clinton to be? I think Bartlett was like this. Was, I really think I, the more I think about it, it was like it had me. I, I was thinking about it tonight as I, as I watched the play. And I'm thinking, I think Bartlett, Jeb Bartlett, was like the left's vision, like perfect vision of what Bill Clinton could be with all of his crap stripped away if he was actually a moral, <laughs> ethical person. But anyway, I digress. Uh, so to kill a mockingbird, yeah. So, okay. So when you talk about racism, right, when we talk about racism now, I think a lot of people who, who talk about what racism is now don't even have the like the uh, the knowledge of something like a piece of work like To Kill a Mockingbird, which of course takes place in the Deep South, uh, I believe like in the 30s, 40s, that around that era, and uh, a, a black man is accused of, of raping, uh, you know, uh, assaulting and raping a white girl, and of course this means in in uh, in Alabama in the Deep South. Back then, it was a, a, a capital crime. You were electrocuted. You got the electric chair for rape. And so, uh, you know, Richard Thomas uh, plays Atticus Finch, who defends this man. He's innocent. He's absolutely innocent. There's, there's never any chance at all he's guilty of this. Um, and, of course, you know, in the Deep South, back in those days, it was almost impossible for for a black man who was accused of something like that to have a jury of 12 white men who would, uh, you know, vote not guilty. So we know the drama around that and the drama around this Atticus Finch character, who is a very, very liberal guy, you know, believes that the best in people, even if they're the worst people, the most racist, even the most racist people around him, he believes have some good element to him, or a good element to them. There's a reason why they're, they become racist. There's a reason why bad people become bad people. And we need to have sympathy for them. No matter how bad they are, we can't disparage them. We shouldn't be mean to them. As he says all the time, they're our neighbors and friends. There's this extreme leftist point of view that he has about these people. And as we know, if you know the story around uh, To Kill a Mockingbird is the last part of it, there's what you might call a more conservative kind of justice, Southern justice that takes place that Atticus Finch realizes he must live with and abide by. It's, it's actually incredibly well-written, and the drama is fantastic. The staging by Bartlett Sher is impeccable. Aaron Sorkin did the adaptation. We know how great Aaron Sorkin is with dialogue, and this is right into his wheelhouse. And it's a really fantastic piece of drama. Um, and, and Richard Thomas is fantastic. I know many people can't visualize him in the Gregory Peck role, but he's actually astonishingly good. And so I recommend that. It's only in San Francisco until October 8th. I don't know where it goes. It's on a touring company. So you might want to look it up, the Turing Company of uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. So that's what I did. That's why I was a few minutes late. That's why I was a few minutes late with the show today. Um, but uh, very, really worth seeing. Um, a couple of movies, one worth seeing, one not. And there's a connection between the two films. They're both basically about mental illness and descent into mental illness. And one is a small independent film by uh, uh, an Austrian director. Uh, Johannes Gunther, and it's called uh, Masking Threshold. And it's basically about a guy who's an IT worker who suffers from what he believes is, is tinnitus, you know, ringing in the ears. And he's been obsessed over this and it's gotten worse. He's had the affliction for about three or four years. 
And he's gotten to the point where he's been to doctors and he claims the doctors can't do anything that they basically the doctors don't don't some of them don't even believe he has this problem that it may be more of a psychological issue. But he claims he has the issue. Um, and he decides to take some time off from work for his IT job to have home remedies to try to figure out on his own how he can heal himself of this incessant ringing in his ears, which is driving him crazy. And as the film progresses, it is literally driving him crazy. But we don't really know. Is it tinnitus or does or is he just simply, is there a mental illness going on? And the film is basically a very intense, personal, claustrophobic descent into madness. As we watch him try to figure out how this, how this affliction started and how he can cure it, um, <laughs> the film becomes more and more macabre. I won't get into exactly what happens, but he decides that maybe the sound of death the sound of death, maybe killing an ant, maybe killing a rat, the sound of the of the of the of the uh, organism dying, changes the way the uh, ringing in his ears sounds. That the ringing in his ears changes pitches based on the death of these insects, and then of course small animals. And I guess you know where this is going. But what's so great about the film is that it's it's a total. We're totally in his head when you talk about just a very intimate psychological thriller in which we're actually in the head of someone who, in a period of weeks, of course, the film is compressed into a week's time, seems at the beginning very logical about his issue. And as the film goes along, he descends into total, total madness over his affliction. I totally recommend it. It's not the it's not an incredibly easy watch. But it's not, it's not, the film is not all blood and gore. In fact, there's very little of that, especially until the last maybe, you know, 10, 15 minutes. But if you're looking at a film that's a great psychological thriller that does it with subtlety and just an incredible low budget experimental film, if you're into that kind of thing, I definitely recommend Masking Threshold. I give it an A minus. A film that also is about descent into madness. It's called Smile, and I'm sure you've seen this. This is a much bigger budget, okay? Probably a hundred times, if not a thousand times the budget of Masking Threshold. But it's called Smile. And it's basically about a psychologist who witnesses her patient kill herself. And that action, that act, has such an effect on her that it, it, it seems to be making her go insane. And is it, is it the grief? Is it the trauma? And the, the trajectory of the film is basically... Uh, people who have seen other people kill themselves, then they end up killing themselves. And is there some entity that's making them do this? Um, and it, it, you, it, she's able to trace it back to maybe 20 or 30 people who witnessed other people kill themselves, and then they end up killing themselves. So like, like a chain, right? So is there some kind of entity that's making them do this, that's driving them to this insanity uh, over the trauma they see? Um and this is also a film that tries to get into the character's head. And, you know, as, as she's going, as she's descending into the madness and to trying to figure out what's happening, um, we're there every step of the way with her. The problem with Smile, and this is a problem that Masking Threshold doesn't have, is that there's no subtlety to it. The film is actually pretty well written and, 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 and the lead is very good. She's fantastic. Um, she actually saves the film from being really bad tell you the truth. Uh, her, her descent into madness, into, into not understanding what's happening, into trying to figure out what's going on, is actually, she's such a great actress that she, she really holds our attention. But the problem is the film just loves 
these jump scares, you know, jump scares where, you know, a cat might jump into the frame or a sudden door might open or the refrigerator closes and someone's behind it. There's so many jump scares in this film. It's about two hours long. By the way, masking threshold is like 90 perfect minutes. I mean, short and sweet and to the point and incredibly focused and smiles not. It's two hours. It's kind of meandering. There are way too many jump scares. And you feel if the director in the, has 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 confidence in their material. You don't need these ridiculously cheesy Friday the 13th type jump scares. And it just happens too often. And so while masking threshold is subtle and smart and sinister, smile just starts to bludgeon you over the head. And that's the problem. And after a while, it becomes incredibly tiring um, and uh, unfocused. And it's a really good, I saw these films back to back, really one day, you know, back to back days. And Masking Threshold is such a, a great film about a descent into madness. So well done. So expertly crafted. And then Smile is a much more bigger budget film, um, but does not have the subtlety, does not have the craftsmanship to really, really uh, hold our attention and, uh, and to make that whole descent into madness really have the effect that it has in Masking Threshold. So I, I don't recommend Smile. I'd give it a C plus mostly because uh, of the performance of the lead. But I'd say go see Masking Threshold, but don't bother with Smile. And like I said, if you can see uh, Kill a Mockingbird <clears throat> in your area, you should, because it's, uh, it's really, really well done, really great drama, uh, fantastic stage play. So there you go. That's the recommendations for the weekend. If you have any plans or if you don't have plans, if there's nothing else to do, um, or if you're just going to watch Aaron Judge try to set the home run record, the actual real home run record of 62 home runs in a season. That might be something to do over the weekend also. All right. Well, it's been a great week. It's been uh, an action-packed week, and uh, we'll pick this up on Monday night. Remember, this show airs Monday through Friday night, 11 p.m. Pacific. Sorry for being a few minutes late tonight because of the play, but 11 p.m. Pacific. 2 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Um, London time, UK time. Uh, the name of the show is And Let's Be Heard. I'm Micah Chopley. So everyone have a great weekend. And remember, just because it's the weekend, I don't want you to forget. Vote Democrats out of office. Vote them out now. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend, and I'll see you on Monday.